Welcome to Business Magic with Maggie Gila, making your business feel and work like magic for you and those you want to impact. Turns out you don't need a wand, you need a strategy. What kind of entrepreneurs truly inspire you? For me, it's people who are constantly on a journey of change. People, when I can look at them and see, I see you changing, evolving, growing, and trying things out. I see that you are not where you were even six months ago. I see you pushing forward. And one of those people to me is Abigail Pumphrey, my guest for today's podcast. You may know her from her company, Boss Project, formerly known as Think Creative Collective, that she runs together with her business partner, Emily Williams, and from her highly successful podcast, The Strategy Hour. Abigail and I started our businesses around the same time and we connected just a few months into both of our businesses. And it's been absolutely incredible to see her journey, including some pretty heavy setbacks health-wise that we are going to dive into today because what do you do? How does your business model need to change if something unexpected happens outside of your business? Hope you enjoy. All right, Abigail, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. So we were just saying earlier, um, we've actually known each other for probably four or maybe five years now. I think mm-hmm. four years. Mm-hmm. We had a coffee chat once before you started Think Creative Collective. I was still living in Frankfurt. And I think we had a call about pretty flat lays for Pinterest. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. We <laughs> we uh, It was back in the day, back when like you met strangers on the internet and then like set up chats with them. I mean, I still do that all the time, actually, but uh, it seemed more normal than for whatever reason. But yeah, I remember that and it was awesome. And we've both come so far since then and gone through so much in our own businesses and personal life that it's great to reconnect. It is. It's it's just, I found it so fascinating because like in this online journey, like once you've been there for a few years, you see people drop off. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's so... For me, it gives me so much inspiration and so much energy and drive when I see people who don't drop off, mm-hmm. they don't remain stagnant, but mm-hmm. they also grow. Like you guys, you have grow- grown like crazy. Yeah. I mean, growth is is not necessarily a season you can always be in, but if you're willing to maybe go through the personal growth first then the business growth becomes a little bit more inevitable, which has been a nice after effect of it all. So So tell us about the beginning because you started Think Creative Collective. Very Mm -hmm. quickly, you partnered up with Emily Williams Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And you recently rebranded. So I want to go back to the beginning of like that time, like when we had that coffee chat, Mm -hmm. because I think that was literally like two months before you did your first webinar with, with Emily and Things Took Off. Yeah, probably. Um, Back then, I had just recently gotten laid off from my job. I was working as an in-house corporate graphic designer, and I had job hopped because I was all about climbing the ladder and doing the things to make more money, but also have more clout and be able to give more direction when it came to marketing and business. And I just felt really stuck and frustrated in my career. I felt like I was suffering from 
ageism, which was really frustrating because as an old soul, I just felt like people were looking at me like a dumb 20 something and that I didn't have anything valuable to add. And, you know, looking back with a bit more, a bit more experience, I see, I see what they saw, but at the same time also know that ambition can be fueled or it can be suffocated a bit. And so I feel like that's kind of what I was going through. And so I ended up stepping away. Well, I was forced to step away perhaps. And I started my own business and at the time was working with local small business owners on their own graphic design projects and um, marketing their business in a kind of a new light, taking a lot of the skills I already had and just focusing on a more local market. And how did you start with uh, Emily, that partnership? Yeah. So we actually met in an online Facebook group and we just really jived. We were going after the same ideal client. We had the same potential like customer in mind. She was shifting her business away from one-on-one photography but we still like had a desire to serve that small business owner. And so I actually brought her on as a contractor initially. We branded ourselves as like a partnership because we thought it would be better for business. And it definitely was. But I also knew that with anything new, you have to take things slow and you have to like reduce risk as much as possible. And so from like a technical and legal standpoint, She worked for me for a couple of years before we officially split the business 50-50 and did all the things. But we worked essentially just shared projects, like things we were already doing before. We were basically referring or almost requiring our clients to work with the other person on those sort of projects. So it was like a built-in referral system. And then it slowly turned into, you know, hey, we want to do more than this one-on-one stuff. We want to serve people in a bigger, better way. And education just felt like an obvious next step for us when We'd been putting out blonde content five days a week that was focused on educating. And we had started doing these webinars that were teaching focused. And so we started our education company at that point. That's incredible. I want to kind of go back in time and like with all honesty, at this time when you guys were putting out five days of content a week, I was in my pre-burnout phase. That was when we had that conversation, that was a couple of months before I had my burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was at 55 unpublished blog posts that were in draft that was too terrified to publish Mm. looking at you guys going how how in the world are they churning out a blog post a week and I can't even publish one of my 55 so I had like a lot of comparison looking at you guys going like Mm -hmm. what like why can they do that and I can't and I had my burnout pretty soon after that and, you know, had to reevaluate everything and completely restructured how I work and I also realized that writing blog posts does not come easily to me even now because my perfectionism comes out in full force and something like jumping on a Facebook live or having a podcast conversation or recording for me is like a hundred times easier than blogging ever is. Well, and I think part of that is acknowledging what kind of person you are in terms of like 
how are you able to show up? So we actually did, I wasn't there that day for whatever reason, but there's a recent podcast episode on my podcast, The Strategy Hour, that talks about whether you're a beer or a doer, doers being the kind of people that take action before they're ready, and beers being the kind of people that need to believe certain things about themselves before they can take action. And I would say in general, if you're looking at the entrepreneurial space, the people that are willing to take action before they're ready, like they're willing to take that chance, they tend to grow faster, but they're more likely to experience burnout. And so my guess is that you were protecting yourself by not putting everything out there. You felt like you needed to believe certain things about yourself in order to feel okay with putting that level of vulnerability on the internet, you know? So Absolutely. it's a defense Absolutely. mechanism. You're like, you're not alone. And there's a lot of people that are exactly like you in that regard. And you know, what's so interesting? Like now I do many more things before I feel I'm fully ready for them. Like when I put together my Tuscany powerhouse retreat last year, so that mm-hmm. was like invite only. I was inviting people. I was kind of terrified of to come to an event I was organizing. That was completely like detached from the results. If it works, it's great. If it doesn't, it's fine too. And that completely sold out. So even with this podcast, like I could wait another three years before I have these conversations. Mm -hmm. But I feel like business and entrepreneurship is the biggest personal development journey you can be on. Totally. I mean, I've had to grow so much as a person. And I mean, after five years, it's not like I've been on this planet all that long. So five years is a pretty long time in comparison to my adult life. So I feel like I've gone through a lot of personal changes as well as like entrepreneurial growth in that time period. So yeah, because you have, you've had like some big transition periods in your business, right? You had the transition period of starting, yeah. of, of partnering up with Emily, of um, the rebrand was a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we... we we've been through a lot of different phases. Like it was definitely that, you know, startup and then the, you know, merging and then working with clients to switching to education, to launching, launching, launching. Like we were launching every two weeks. It was insane. And then we slowed down our live launching. And then, and then I had a major life event that basically meant we had to completely change our business model. And so it took an entire year to redo how we were selling online. And since then, you know, you may have a firm grasp on what you want to sell and how you want to sell it, but you are at the whims of technology changes. And if you're utilizing these bigger platforms like Facebook and Instagram, you have to constantly be learning how they prefer you to show up in the world and show up in that way and be willing to change. And so like, even if you feel like you have it all figured out, it could change in an instant. Absolutely. What do you think were some of the biggest obstacles you had to overcome? Well, I think the biggest, well, I've, we've definitely faced several for sure. A lot of them being very mindset driven in the beginning of just like not feeling like we were good enough or not feeling like we were smart enough or worthy perhaps of a certain price point. But all of that seems small in comparison to the personal Mm -hmm. development that had to happen around going through chronic illness and basically recovery while trying to run a business. And 
in 2016, on November 3rd, actually, I was in a massive car accident and suffered a traumatic brain injury, uh, as well as like many other injuries. And my life was completely and forever changed from that moment on. Um, I know about that. And it's just, it's still, it's, it's crazy to think how quickly things can change. Mm-hmm. I have a chronic illness as well. I'm actually like in the week we're recording, I've gone through a massive flare up this earlier this week where I've had to restructure everything, mm-hmm. but it also, and as horrible as these things are like, yeah, they suck. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I'm still so grateful for my business and the fact that like, if I need to go lie in the bathtub at two in the afternoon to make myself feel better, I have the flexibility of my schedule to do that. Yeah. I can't imagine working a corporate job and then dealing with chronic illness. Yeah. I, um, I grew up in a household where both my parents were disabled. And so I watched what they went through, both very different journeys, both very different backgrounds. And I know to this day that without, without me running my own online business, I, I would have had to go on disability because for at least two years, I was, there was no way I could have shown up to a nine to five job five days a week. Like it would have been physically, mentally impossible. And so knowing that like having this flexibility allowed me more time to heal, more time to shift, more time to like simply figure it all out without having to basically wave a white flag and say, I can't do it. It's been like an incredible gift, but it's also, it's also scary knowing that like, that's how bad it got, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't realize that that was how long things were, were going on for. And this is really just, it's a bit weird because at exactly that same time, 2017, 18, those two years, uh, 16, 17, whatever, I also had about two, two years, two and a half years of like hospitals and surgeries where again, I would just, I would have been fired from any corporate job. Yeah. I don't think I would have been fired, but that, I mean, I would have, I would have been dismissed basically. Like I would have had to have been because my absence would have been so intense and so much, but also just like knowing how many days I spent in bed or in a doctor's office or in a therapy room. Like I I just couldn't have possibly worked in the same capacity or environment. And so we switched from a live launch model to an evergreen model, which I feel like both helped and hurt our business. Um mm-hmm. And it definitely took some time to figure out what the new normal was. It it definitely gave us some time back. We never really worked full-time hours. Like, I don't think it's necessarily required at all when you're building your own business to do so. Except maybe if you're still in like a client work phase, because that just takes a lot of time. But if you are doing something that is less time sensitive, I am definitely way more productive in less hours of the day. Like I feel like before when I was sitting in a cubicle or sitting behind my computer in a big office, like so much of my day was just like looking at the clock being like, are we done yet? Like, this is so ridiculous. So now just knowing, oh, if I finish early, I can go get my nails done or I can go to the gym or I can go 
get groceries or whatever. And having that flexibility just makes it feel so much more attainable. That's so interesting because it, it took me years to get to this mindset that you're in now. And even now I still have to remind myself like, Maggie, you're not a brain surgeon. Like there's literally nothing you have to do that needs to get done in the next hour or even today. Oh, um, yeah. But I, a lot of the clients I work with, like um, they're stuck in the mentality. And I was stuck in this mentality for a long time of this belief, the more hours you work, the more successful you will oh. be. No, it's called diminishing return people. You hit a point and you actually start doing more damage than good. And I am, I became very aware of what that threshold was. And that threshold has not always been the same. There's been different points in my business where I could work longer periods of time or more intense periods of time where perhaps like during recovery, that would have been physically impossible. Like mm. you, two hours would have been a good day, you know, as compared to in the past, it might've been six or seven that I could have really hustled hard. But I also was doing things that were definitely not necessary. Like, yeah. I think so many people think, well, I have to do this and I have to do that. And you may have a million and one ideas as an entrepreneur, but not all of them are worth pursuing. And I think so many people don't even realize that. Yeah, but I think one thing you and Emily do really well is that you, you, you've learned how to pivot really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you test an idea and hey, if it's not working, you st- drop it. And if it is working, you do more of it. Yeah. I mean, while we 100% have learned to pivot, I would say that in general, we also change our minds too frequently and we've had to learn to focus mm-hmm. um, because the ability to pivot is fantastic. But for instance, I'll give you an example. The first product we ever launched on the first launch even before I was involved, Emily made $500. If we had called that a wash because she spent, you know, 350 on software and all these things and like, and she started to build out the product. If she had just said, ah, never mind, I'm going to refund everyone. Like we wouldn't have launched it again, but we did. We launched it again and again and again. I don't even know how many times it launched it over the course of its lifetime, but it went on to make over $100,000, that one individual product. And if we had said that first launch was it or not good enough or whatever, we wouldn't have realized its full potential. And I truly, as like crazy it is to say, I also feel like we dropped it too soon. I feel like that product could still be revamped. I feel like it could be a million dollar education product. And we've built like five or six things since then. So sometimes focus is necessary, but you have to be willing to try things, tweak things, adjust. Because it's not necessarily about saying, oh, this didn't work. Well, let me do exactly what I just did. And it's going to work the next time. Like, no, like you're going to learn things and you have to implement what you learned and adjust from there. Absolutely. That's that's basically the mantra that's got got me from that perfectionism pre-burnout to actually doing things now, test it, tweak it, try again. Like literally this is... (laughs) Saying this to myself repeatedly is how I get anything done. Otherwise, I'll just be, oh, maybe I'll just wait. Totally. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, or you think it's just going to magically be better without you having to work on it. I mean, hello, you run the place, so. No, I think I think you have to be really good at, at being in it, innovative. Like, yes, focus and, you know, launch that product multiple times versus constantly trying to create something new. Like, that's a lesson I'm trying to teach myself on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, 
the the kind of automated sales funnel webinar process is no longer working the way it was like three, four years ago. People want connection, they want relationships and they want something new. So you as the business owner, you have to, you know, be on top of your game and on your toes constantly. Yeah. I mean, you have to learn what's going on in the industry. You have to anticipate changes before they happen. And you might also have to experience something not working at all in order to know it needs change because there's things that you're like, well, everyone's pivoting. Does that mean I need to lean in or does that mean I also need to pivot? Because you don't always mm. know. You don't like that. A lot of this is taking a gut assessment and going with that. And some of it is calculated. Some of it is looking at the numbers and knowing and understanding what's going on. But not always is that the case and not always will you have that luxury. Oh, absolutely. I think especially if you're in the earlier stages of business, like now we're both a few years in, we can look back at our past data and we have experience with things that like, I've had launches that flopped, so have you. And we, it's a learning experience and you can think about, okay, why did it not go as well as I thought? What can I learn from this? What can I change? Right, right. But when you're starting out, I think like, let me know what you feel about this. But I think one of the most important things is just to try something Mm -hmm. so you can get that data, so you can get that experience and go, okay. Yeah, you have to try stuff way before you're ready. And it's, it's been interesting starting a second company and like basically going through all the same things all over again. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, the, I remember this phase or I remember doing this. Okay, well, how how am I going to react differently now that I get a do-over basically? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I think like this, these things you, you still come back to, it's, all, it's just like this ongoing personal development journey of no, totally. more experimentation and, and testing and that, that learning process never ends. But honestly, it's kind of one of the reasons why I love being an entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I don't sit still. I don't, I, I like change. I like challenge. I like being pushed. I also like growing, which I think a lot of people want to stay a certain way. And I'm like, no, like make me a better person. I want to be better today than I was yesterday or last week or last month. And it's been interesting because in some areas of my life, I've always been mediocre Um, like for instance, if you were to look at me when it comes to sports, like I played all of them. I was in every rec sport you can think of. And yet I was only just okay at all of them. And how I approach business, I'm like, I can't only just be okay. Like I have to be, I don't know. I don't want to say elite, but kind of like, I have to be going after it. I have to be doing the big things. I have to be making the big waves, but I'm not that in every area. So you might find that there's certain areas of your life you're willing to push yourself in certain areas. You're like, meh, I'm good. Yeah. I I love that. Like I'm the same, like I want to make big waves in business. Like that's what I want to do. That's what excites me. Um, what I've, I, how I've balanced this because I kind of want to be amazing at everything and I'm not. And that kind of annoys me yeah. often, is that I've set myself like a personal goal, like one personal goal per year. Um, I used to have um, pretty severe anxiety around driving. Mm. Fortunately, I live in Europe. So like the, the ne- public transport network here is amazing. And the Netherlands are in Germany, but uh, it took me like three and a half years to get my driver's license. Mm-hmm. And then it took me like another two years. I think I drove maybe eight times in those two years. And it was always like physically shaking crying, like panic attacks. Well, it's just a different environment. Like I know people in the U S might 
or not everyone in the U.S., but there's people in certain areas of the U.S. that may think that sounds absolutely insane. But have you ever been to Europe and have you ever seen someone drive in Europe? Because it is it is not a safe place to be sometimes. Like I remember um, being on a bus in Paris and I was like, we are all going to die. This is going to be the way I go because it is some of these people are terrifying. So I get it. Like that's not how I felt here because I grew up with basically in the middle of nowhere. You know, now I live closer to the city, but still like this is not the same. It's not, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you can't really compare it because it's like, maybe I guess like thinking about New York, like you can take the subway, you can walk or you drive. So it's kind of like how it was here. But I had like one year I had my goal of, I'm going to start driving because as great as public transport is here in the Netherlands, having, being able to get in the car and going to see like my mom or like family or going to the beach, like it's going to give me so much freedom. Last year, my big goal was to start speaking Dutch fluently. Mm. Um, I live in the Netherlands. My husband's Dutch. Like, I just need to actually start talking in Dutch properly, which I did. And, and this year it's, it's, it's health and sports and losing a bit of weight. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of how I found to balance it all that, at least like the business thing, I want to do it all at once. And then for like my personal goals of like, okay, this year, that's the big focus versus (laughs) trying to do like, the the sports stuff and the language stuff and the driving like in one year that would have just been crazy. Yeah, you have to kind of pick and choose where you want to focus your time and energy for sure. I've got one question on this because you were talking about how you want to make big waves, you want to be elite in business. Mm-hmm. Do you sometimes find that that gives you a sense of like you feel like you're not achieving enough, although you are? Yeah, I, I, for sure, for sure. I think it's really easy to want to look around and say, okay, if I want to be the best or I want to make a big impact, if I want to see more things happen, it's easy to want to compare your story to other people's story because that's how you know if you're doing better, right? Like the Mm -hmm. only, the only measure, the only measuring stick we have is comparison, which is a very dangerous measuring stick because you only get to see certain aspects of their life. Like you don't necessarily know, is their marriage falling apart? Are they treating their body like crap in the meantime? Um, How's their health? Like how is their relationship with their children? Like you don't know the full story. You're just seeing this like polished Instagram worthy lifestyle that they're putting out online. And it's just a glimpse. Like everyone has their own dirt. Everyone has their own things they're going through and their things may be less complicated than yours at the time or more complicated or whatever. They might be unhealthily focusing more on business because all these other areas of their life are falling apart. All this, all this to say if you want to be better, the only person I recommend you challenge is yourself. And so that was a hard place to get to because I used to follow all the people in my industry. Mm -hmm. I used to pay attention to all their launches and read all their emails and know everything that was going on in their world. And that took up way too much time and way too much of my attention. And now I follow people that fill my cup up that are doing things that are not at all related to what I do that are just fun people to hang around that make me laugh, that make me smile. And that means when I'm focused on my business, I can be the most creative and I don't, I don't even know. 
what's going on for other people. Do I catch glimpses? Sure. Like, do I still have friends in the industry? Absolutely. But like, I am not as in tune with what's going on with them. And so that way my results don't feel lesser than or better than anyone else. It's just about me doing better than I did before. This is such an important point. I think when we start out, we're all comparing ourselves or following everyone because we don't have enough data to know, are we doing well or not? Right. And I I know like every single time I like kind of put on my blinders and just go like F everyone else, I'm doing things my way and ignore it. I get the best results ever. Oh yeah. You, I think the more I put blinders on, the more I have excelled. And I, I feel like part of it, so we've recently launched... I would say in both businesses, we've been doing things a bit differently. But recently in Boss Project, we launched a new product. And the whole time I was like, someone's going to call us out. Someone's going to be like, oh my gosh, they launched one more thing. They're going to say something. And maybe they're not going to say it to our face, but they're thinking it. And it is crushing it, you guys. Like, do... I don't need to share my numbers to feel really good about where it's going. I don't need to like plaster our launch results everywhere to say that I am really proud of us pivoting in the midst of everyone probably thinking that's a bad idea, but you just never know. So like, I I know I've done that in my health company as well, where it's like, what is everyone else doing? Just because I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Now, let me just shut out the world. And how do I want to do business differently? And how do I want to approach this? Because I think there's so many influences. And if you start listening to all the people, they can really lead you astray because what works for some may not work for another. Absolutely. This is something I preach so often that like pretty much anything can probably be strategic for your business and it could probably work, but you have to do a gut check yourself. Like it needs to be aligned to your personality, to your strengths and weaknesses. Like we just talked about earlier, like for you guys, when you started, like the five blog posts a week were great and got you great results. And for me, that was just like doomed to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just personality difference. Oh, totally. What are what are some of the challenges you face day to day? So I think day to day, it's that I, I think for a long time, I thought that if I got my business to a certain point that I would be able to do less or that I would be able to step away more and you know, focus more on volunteering or focus more on family or focus more on whatever. And I think it's been a challenge to be like, oh no, like it's still a job. I still have to show up for it. I still have to do the things and make, make the effort. And some days like that means I don't get everything done because I don't have necessarily the same drive I had five years ago. It's not bad. It's not bad to be in a season where like your drive is lower. Like you're Mm -hmm. meant to have those seasons of hustle followed by seasons of rest, but figuring out what the balance is where I'm not like being detrimental to my business or to the things. And I, I also feel like that can be fully affected by your body and how you feel Mm -hmm. in your body. So like being more self-aware about 
I've had a migraine. And so let me respect my migraine and rest instead of trying to push through and then feel worse and then be down for two days because I'm a disaster. So I think part of that has become, it's just like a self-awareness thing where like I was not self-aware for a very long time. And then having been through the car accident and been through like all of these health trials and traumas and things, I feel like now I have a much better awareness of what my capacity to give and my capacity to work and all of that is. And so I've learned to respect it, even if it means I don't get everything done that I want to. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a big difference between being lazy and not wanting to do stuff and needing to just take some time for yourself. Oh, for I think sure. a lot of a lot of us just you know I know I did and I I still do sometimes like I I my body needs a break but I'm like oh I, I'm just tr- I just want to be lazy and be on the couch you're like no but I sometimes I just need that break and and that's all like what you said it's, it's self awareness mm-hmm. absolutely um, final two questions sure. what is something you would still love to take off mm. so I don't have a lot of personal goals left on my bucket list which sounds maybe sad, I don't know. But I think the things that I have left are for sure doable. It's just a matter of time. So instead of like looking at it like, oh, I need to rush and hurry and do that. I'm like, "Mm, I'm only 30. Like these things will happen. So I I still want to write a book. I don't know if it'll be about business or health. We'll see. Or how they're intertwined, I suppose, maybe. And then I want to build a house and I want to live like basically on a little farm in the middle of nowhere and have all these farm animals and children (laughs) and all the things. So both will happen in due time. I just, I'm not trying to put pressure on when those things come to fruition. So that's such a nice perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I definitely book a book or two or probably three is on my list as oh, well. Yeah. I kind of feel like this, this, the end of this year might be the time I start working on the first one, like just outlining. And I have some ideas already like brewing in my, I can feel those ideas brewing in my head. Yeah. But like if it happens this year or next year or the year after, whatever, it'll, it'll happen when the time is right. Totally. Final question. I would love for you, Abigail, to issue a quest for our listeners. Okay. What action step should they take this week? Well, I think in the spirit of that like self-awareness, personal development exercise, I would say, can you carve out 30 minutes a day? Try to make it in the part of the day that you are actually the most productive, which I know that sounds selfish to be like, I'm going to take the time for me during that time, like when you're like, oh, I could get so much more work done, but you're going to feel so much, you're going to get so much more out of it if you do it during that time. So if it's the morning or after lunch or whatever, like knowing when that is, and then say, I'm going to take 30 minutes and I want you to journal about the things you're grateful for. I want you to consider and maybe dream about what you want to accomplish next. And you can write a list of things, but picking just one to really reflect on. And then I highly recommend like listening to a podcast or finding someone on YouTube. Find one mentor 
I'm not saying you need a dozen. You don't need to listen to every podcast out there, but like find one person that like fills your cup and like pushes you to be a better version of yourself, whether that's personally or in business and just absorb the energy they give you. Like don't necessarily worry about like implementing every strategy they're suggesting. Don't like, you don't need to go buy all the things they're talking about. That's not the point, but like is there someone that just fills you up and that you can like get a little energy off of and then use that to fuel the rest of your day? That's beautiful. I think it's finding those people in person, online, friendships, but even mentors from YouTube and podcasts and books. It's just so important for your your own energy. Mm -hmm. Abigail, thank you so much for being here and sharing all your journey and personal wisdom with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hey, hey, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you never miss new episodes. And if you have a business bestie who needs to hear this message, go share this with them. See you in the next one. Love and magic, Maggie.